So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 10th of May. It's the fifth Sunday in... It's fifth Sunday of Easter. My name is John Keeley. And I'm going to present the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. And also, we want to also welcome, especially those listeners who are housebound, especially these days, lonely, struggling in some way, our listeners who support us each week in prayer. Thank you so much for staying with us and, and be assured of our prayers. Our programme is broadcast at West Lebic 102 FM at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. Uh, the podcasts of, of our programmes are of Sacred Space are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download at our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. Read the, fifth, the, the best way I've advised you to get to that is just Google Come and See Inspirations. It's actually Come and See Inspirations at buzzspread.com. You can also get us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and other platforms. Uh, you can contact us, if you wish, by emailing us on comeandseeinspirations uh, at gmail.com or contact us by text on 87 That's 87 so again, just to remind us, it's our 10 a.m. slot each Sunday morning is, is um, taken up by our broadcast of, of Mass from Abbeyfield Church, as I said. Thanks again to Father Mullins, Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for allowing us to, to use this facility. And um, also during the week, after the 1 p.m. news each day, Monday to Friday, we have the Rosary being recited, uh, recited by Father, Father Kevin Scanlon and Dana. So just one notice I want, just want to bring to listeners' attention. I was in contact with Father Seamus Enright, the rector of Mount St. Alphonsus uh, Church, the Redemptive Church in Limerick, uh, recently, and Father Seamus advises that there will be a novena to a lady of perpetual help this year, but it'll be online. That'll be from the 19th to the 27th of June. And we hope here in Sacred Space to be able to bring you more news about that in the coming weeks. Hopefully we'll be able to broadcast... Um, at least one of the Novena sessions each day. But more about that in the weeks to come. In the meantime, unfortunately, I've just lost uh, contact with Shane. So just to let listeners know, just a few of the saints that we'll be, um, we'll be celebrating this week. Uh, a big one on Wednesday, um, Wednesday the 13th of May, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. The apparitions to the, two, two, to the three children of Fatima took place in the summer of 1917 beginning on the 13th of May when the lady asked him to pray for sinners and an end to world war. In the final apparition of 13th of October, a lady identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary and called for prayer and conversion. On the 14th of May, next Thursday, Feast of St. Matthias, like all the apostles, was chosen to become a witness with us of Christ's resurrection. The story of his election as one of the apostles is given in the first reading. He seems to have spent a great deal of his time working in Judea, and then he travelled east to Cappadocia, now Turkey, where it's said that he was the vital instrument in bringing many pagans to the faith. He is said to have been martyred uh, near the Black Sea and his relics brought to Rome by St. Helena. So on Saturday, the 16th of May, next Saturday, the feast of St. Brendan. He was a carryman was born in 486. He studied at the Clannard uh, under Finian. His name is connected with many places in Kerry, such as Adford and Mount Brandon. He visited Scotland and reached the Hebrides and possibly areas beyond. 
He found a monastery in Clanfert in 568 and died there in 578. So now we'll pray our spiritual communion prayer. This is, of course, for all of us these days who can't receive Jesus sacramentally at Mass. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music, Amir Moya, uh, Mary the Mother, from uh, sung by Anne Doran. So please join us again in part two, where we'll have a first reflection on um, Mary, our mother, in, the, in this month of May. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined on the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And it's delight for me to welcome onto the programme again. It's been a number of years since we had this guest on. Father Eamon Roach, who I believe is based as a priest working in the Fermi Parish. Good morning to Father Eamon. How are you? Hello, John. Good to talk to you again. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Father Eamon. 
So, so Father Eamon is joining us this morning to, to help us um, in this month of May to reflect on Mary, on Mary the Mother of God uh, and Mary our Mother. So, Father Eamon, where, where would you like to start? Just a few points, actually, just in the short space of time that we have. I mean, there are so many um, things we could say about Our Lady. There are so many dogmas, and so many of the mysteries in the Gospel that she is involved in. But just to pick a, a few of those, uh, maybe three altogether, if that's okay. And just the first one, um, it's often said to us Catholics that we give too much attention to Our Lady, that there might be some sort of idolatry in, in, in what we do. We pay so much attention to her. A lot of our prayers seem, seem to be centered uh, around Our Lady, uh, and that's, that's true in in one sense. So just to, to ask that question, is, is there any idolatry going on here with Catholics in their prayers, or what is going on for us? So what we say is, when we venerate Our Lady, we give honor and glory to God. So we're, we're not praying to Our Lady as a deity. You know, she is not God. But when we do turn our attention to her, uh, we give honor to her, and ultimately we give honor to God. Jesus said that in, in one of his Gospels, that if you find it hard to believe in me, at least believe in the works I do. So when we give glory to God by honoring the saints, uh, we have something tangible that we can see, you know, a saint uh, in our country, St. Patrick, St. Bridget. Uh, we love reading the lives of the saints. And by honoring that saint and giving glory to God through that saint, ultimately, uh, our veneration is directed to God. We give glory in his work. So that's what's happening there in, in our prayers that are centered uh, on Our Lady. Well, even the Rosary, the Hail Mary, what's happening there is uh, we ask Our Lady to bring our prayers to her son, Jesus. And even that prayer, uh, the, the high point of the prayer, you could say, is is the, the, the name of Jesus being mentioned in that prayer. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. You know, you might go into a church and you might venerate a statue of Our Lady. And, you know, on these first days of May, uh, many people have been doing that and they've been erecting May altars in their homes and that's lovely. And they place statues of Our Lady on the table and they venerate Our Lady, but... When we look upon a statue of Our Lady, somewhere in our minds we know that she is carrying the child Jesus in her womb. You know, and the statue very often would have uh, one of those, um, you know, maternal belts that would indicate that she is carrying child. So she, she, she is, she's a model for the church, really. The church is the, as you could say, a monstrance of Christ. The church carries Christ and brings Christ to the world. And that's what she does for us. She gave birth to Jesus as a little baby in the stable in Bethlehem. And she continues to do that throughout uh, the lives of the baptized. She gives birth to Christ in us. So there's no competition whatsoever between her and Christ as we, as we pray with her our Lord is in no, in no way uh, jealous of our, our time given to Our Lady. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, our time praying with her enhan enhances our relationship 
uh, with him. She is the mediatrix of all graces. So that's the first point, John. Is so just to move on to another point, um, from time to time, you, you meet someone and they will say to you, uh, I don't have a great relationship with Our Lady. And very often the person might even wish that they would have. But there, there is some block there or other. And it's hard to know what the blockage is, but perhaps in some people, they see Our Lady as being very chaste. She is Blessed Mary, ever virgin. And we have in our, in our sights a very, very lofty view, as we should of Our Lady. And perhaps then if we sin, and if you know, we're conscious of our own sin, uh, we might be slow to go uh, to Our Lady. Uh, they might be slow. Such a person might be slow to go to Our Lady. What I would say to that is just, just to encourage, if, if that is the case with someone, uh, just to have a, just to revisit the whole notion of mercy. I mean, Our Lady, we, we, we refer to her as, as the mother of mercy in that beautiful Hail Holy Queen prayer. And that, that title should mean that when we sin, when we fall, uh, as her children, we should trust her as a mother and go to her, even if we sin and fall, and just bring that sin to her. Yes, I know sometimes when children sin, they, they, they flee from their parents. They don't want to go near their parents for fear that uh, the, the parents will scold them. But we really underestimate both God's mercy and her mercy if we do that. When we sin, we should really fly to her. And that's in the other prayer, the memorari, we fly to thee. So I would really encourage uh, listeners just to see Our Lady as, as the mother of mercy. We can bring any sin to her when we fall. Just go to her and refer to her as the mother of mercy and to let her you know, pick us up uh, and again bring, bring us to her son. And again, back to the statue of Our Lady, and statues can be so powerful. I love looking at the statue of Our Lady and she's treading on the head of the serpent. The serpent is underfoot. So she, she, she crushes Satan. She crushes the head of Satan, and she will cross, crush sin in our lives. So that's her power. And she's really waiting for sinners to go to her, uh, not to think of her virginal state, her chastity, her purity, not to think of those as off-putting in any way. She really wants to be the mother of, of repenting sinners. Just one comment on that one, Father. Uh, um... It's it's fair to say that that the relationship between Mary, our mother, and our our Irish population here has always been very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be uh, relationships in terms of praying the Rosary, of course, but also maybe visiting um, various uh, sites abroad, various apparition sites, and of course our own. Uh, our own site in Knock, where a lady appeared so many years ago. But I'd just like to raise that point again, you know, that, that, that so many people here have that devotion and that relationship to Our Lady. Uh, it, it, it's been very strong all the time, and I, I'd say it's probably still there, maybe, so much, maybe not so much for the younger population as for the people of our own age. Would that be fair to say, Father Raymond? Yeah, very much. And if, if you were to make pilgrimage to Fatima, Medjugorje, Lourdes, you meet a lot of Irish people out there. So the devotion is, is very strong there still. Perhaps um, her appearance in Knock, um, I think, you know, is, is 
it gave further energy to a devotion that was already there and, and long may it continue. It's a great blessing for the, the church in Ireland, certainly. Well, after saying that there, you mentioned Metricoria and, and uh, to a certain extent Lewis as well, uh, and Lewis, that there is um, a sizable amount of young people do visit those, both of those pilgrimage sites at least, I mean many more as well. So there is a fair devotion amongst young people, may, maybe more so uh, for those maybe involved with maybe charismatic or maybe mm-hmm. young young people involved in, in various other groups. So it's nice to see the young yeah. people coming up with the young touch to it. Would that be okay to say that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a great group called Youth 2000 that I've been involved in over the years, and they have three pillars in their particular movement. Uh, one would be fidelity to the church, and the second one would be devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist. And the third pillar of their movement is, is a devotion to Our Lady and the Rosary. So she's very much in, in that movement also. That's good. So, so I think you're right there, John. And so just moving on again, Father, did you have another point then that you'd rather, that you'd yeah. like to raise? So Thanks. just another point, and um, I think for the times we live in, that you know, when we, when we venerate Our Lady, she really is a model for for a woman's role in the church, uh, woman's role in salvation history, the indispensable role of women in the church. And, you know, we come across arguments from time to time, and it can be quite sad to hear the arguments of, you know, uh, the role of women in the church and uh, should this change or that change. But she really is a great model of the, the indispensable role of women in the church, that there is there is a role there for the, the feminine genius, to use a phrase that uh, the late... Pope John Paul II would have used, you know, and he, he wrote a lot about Our Lady and he wrote a lot about the feminine genius in the church. And there, there is a masculine genius as well, of course. And our Lord, our Lord has, um, you know, granted different roles to, to men and women in the church. And it's, it's important to recognize that difference and, that, and to know that the roles are complementary. But she definitely gives, um, she holds up, the role of the woman, that the mother in the church, and that uh, women in the church really have an important maternal presence in the church. Um, you know, a maternal presence as men have a paternal presence. There is a masculine genius and a feminine genius. There's a fatherly role in the church, there's a motherly role in the church, and uh, that balance uh, needs to be there. You know, for any, any, you know, for a child growing up, a child will get, you know, gain benefits from having a father and from having a mother and the child uh, develops accordingly. It's the same in the spiritual life. We need the maternal presence there and we need the uh, the fatherly role there as well and uh, that, that happens in the church as well and Our Lady certainly provides a strong maternal presence in the church. And, and, and Father Raymond, um, just noticed that just recently our Holy Father, Pope Francis, sent a letter out um, to the faithful for the month of May. Would you like to make any comment on that? Certainly for his recitation of the rosary. Did yes. For daily recitation yes. Of the rosary? On, on that one, Father, I mean, it's, as, as you said, the Pope um, in, was encouraging people, I suppose, to rediscover and to re-engage uh, with the rosary, particularly during the month of May, of course, which, of course, as, as you said, is very much dedicated to, to Mary. And particularly, I suppose, I suppose the Irish tradition, as you said at the start, is that 
particularly that tradition of the crowning of the Virgin or the home, um, the you know the altars that uh, May altars that we put up in in our homes during the month of May. But I suppose, Father, if I could, if if I, mean, if I could put, just put a question to you as well, I suppose one of the one of the things you said there was about people that might um, have a as uh, not a struggle, but maybe a difficulty or a challenge in terms of having a prayerful relationship um, with Mary as a guide, as an exemplar, as an example. Um, you know that 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 sometimes can be can be can be tricky or can be difficult for whatever reasons in life. Now, often I suppose one of the ways that's given is is obviously praying the rosary, and as as we said, Pope Francis has definitely encouraged that this month, and also encouraged the addition of two additional prayers to it. But if someone, if there was any other way that maybe you would encourage people to maybe to in terms of prayer. Um, in, in terms of in terms of prayer to Mary, in terms of maybe um, the use of icons, the use of imagery, the use of statues. And, you know what, 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 what in particular for you as a person? What, what's your, what way do you, um, you know, nurture and support your relationship that you have with her? Okay, thanks. Um, well, I, I, you know, I, I would say that I, I pray the rosary daily. I do pray the rosary, and I love praying the rosary. Um, having said that, though, over the years, I think there's there is a, a learning to it as well. Some people are put off by the rosary because it takes a lot of attention. It takes a full 20 minutes of, of continual attention to prayer, and it can be, it can be taxing that way, and, and that's true. But there is an art form. I mean, you know, Our Lady leads us through the mysteries of the rosary, you know, the various events in Christ's life, the resurrection, the ascension, uh, the joyful mysteries of the rosary. Uh, so just just to enter each of those mysteries and to uh, to receive from them, you know, all that's contained in them, and and to know the difference as you go from decade to decade that there were sorrowful mysteries for a reason, uh, that we grieve our sins, we grieve the sins of the world, we grieve with our Lord for His suffering, and uh, that we'll say sharing of grief with her and Jesus is important. And then there's the Joyful Mysteries, which has a different experience again, to experience the joy of Easter, um, you know, the hope of heaven, all of that. And you move on to the Mysteries of Light. So there's a great variety in the, in the rosaries, in the types of rosaries, and then the Mysteries of the Rosary. And you just learn how to move through them um, as you learn how to pray the rosary over the years. And it, it takes time. Mm. Uh, so, so I love the rosary, and that is my... <clears throat> That is one of my, my go-to prayers. Um, you know, I do believe it's it's a prayer with Our Lady, that it's it's a Christological prayer also. It is centered on Christ. It does bring one uh, to Christ, the Blessed Fruit of her womb. Mm. Uh, and all prayers that go through the saints, be it Our Lady, St. Joseph, St. Patrick, they're ultimately directed to God. You know, she, she carries our prayers. Uh, she packages our prayers. She purifies our prayers, um, you know, some, some would say that she ties a bow and a ribbon on our prayers and brings mm. them to our Lord. Mm. Well, so, yeah, I, I like that's... that. Yeah, I like that idea, of course, because rosary comes from Rosario, the idea of presenting roses. There's that beautiful tradition uh, that's there, of course, with the with the name of it. I suppose one other thing I would say, ask you, Father Eamon, just as we're reflecting on the rosary, and, and maybe uh, this would also link back into maybe one of the, the things that you started out at the top, which was maybe Catholics having 
sometimes being accused of having an uh, an, uh, an idolatrous relationship, I suppose. And as you clearly said out, you know, that's not the case. But I suppose it's also to confirm in many ways that the rosary is a very biblical prayer as well in many senses. You know, in terms of working, in terms of going through the mysteries, and also the you know the very prayers that are said. Because of course, if we if we if we just look at the 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 elements of it, like the Our Fathers, of course, is is the great prayer that Christ Himself taught us. The Hail Mary, the first part of it, of course, is the angelic salutation and Elizabeth's um, call, our visit, our uh, you know, a joy, a greeting, Mary, when she uh, during the visitation. So I suppose in many ways we could, as well as the mysteries that we reflect on, which are very Christocentric and focused on the life of Christ as we as in a in a in a simpler I way, way I suppose it's it's very biblical I suppose in the very prayers that we use as well. Mm-hmm. It is indeed yeah. Um the, the other the other thing that I think it's often underestimated and that that's a good point about the the biblical elements and I just move away slightly the other thing that's often said about the rosary that is often said a little bit negatively, but there's a positive element to it. And that, that's the repetitive nature of the rosary. You say Hail Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary. And it's almost as if you, you, you say it mechanically, but that's actually not the point. I think that there is actually a great advantage to the repetitive nature of the prayers insofar as it actually allows your mind to soar because you know the prayers so well and they roll off the tongue. Mm. And, you know, you know, you can, you can say them quite easily. They roll off the tongue. It allows your mind to soar, to, to, to lift up to, to the sacred mysteries and just the Holy Spirit to take your mind and, and to bring you somewhere and to do something with your mind. And I think that, uh, that aspect of the rosary is often overlooked and it's often spoken negatively about that. It. It's just, mm. it's just mouthing which, prayer, but by yeah, no which means. Is, it's... Which is, which is, which is, which to me has always been a funny thing because I suppose many people, when they talk about, uh, as you said, kind of the repetitive nature of the rosary, um, but then at the same time, there's huge discussions that we have uh, at the moment about mindfulness and meditations yeah. and mantras and i'm kind of i often I, I remember a friend of mine she she had she had she had stopped practicing and i remember she making that comment to me she was delighted she had taken up this particular meditation practice and she said we have nothing like that and i was looking at her and i was kind of going i said well, what do you call the rosary i said it's one of the yeah. greatest meditations that you could possibly have yeah. so father Eamon, thank you so much for that um that reflection on mary in this marian month john so now at this stage, we'll have to go for a bit of music. Beautiful piece of music. It's one that we all know. It's I'll Sing a Hymn to Mary. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God.
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined uh, on the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And thanks again to Father Eamon Roach from, from I for sharing his thoughts with us and helping us to, to journey through this month of May with, with Mary. So this part of the programme, of course, as we always say, is the most important part of any programme we do here in Sacred Space. is where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Shane will pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So as we do each week, we pray Cardinal Martini's prayer, prayer for reading and reflecting on Scripture. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So now we'll ask Father Amen to share the Gospel for us, which is for the fifth Sunday of Easter, chapter, John chapter 14, verse 1 to 12. Thanks, Father Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I am now going to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father and then we shall be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, said Jesus to him, and you still do not know me. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So how can you say, let us see the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak as from myself. It is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You must believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe it on the evidence of this work, if for no other reason. I tell you most solemnly, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself. He will perform even greater works, because I am going to the Father. Indeed for that, Father Eamon. Have we got a few little comments there, Father Eamon, you'd like to share with us? Okay, thanks, John. Um, I think we've moved past the halfway point of the Easter season. And I think this gospel is just bringing the ascension of our Lord into view. For the past few weeks of Easter, we've been rejoicing in our Lord's resurrection. We've been listening about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the work of the apostles as they go into the world evangelizing. And, and that's been wonderful to, to listen to those readings at Mass. 
But this particular gospel this Sunday is just bringing into view a little bit uh, the ascension of our Lord to heaven. Jesus speaks about, I am now going to prepare a place for you. So there's a hint there of his, his departure, his ascension. Now, the mystery of the ascension is a great mystery, and I think sometimes we might undervalue it. Uh, we might think that the ascension of our Lord is just him returning uh, to where he came from. You know, he came down on earth, and now he's just returning. It's, it's, no, it's no big deal, you might think. He's just going back to his father, going back to heaven. But that's not actually the case uh, his, his ascension to heaven is something completely new. It's not just a return. And what's new in it, of course, is that he's, he's bringing humanity to heaven in his ascension. That yes, he did exist for all time in heaven as the Son of God, but God, God is spirit for all time. When he ascended back to heaven, he brings humanity back to heaven so it's it's true what he says i'm going to prepare a place for you so this is really a, a cause of great celebration that for uh for the first time ever our lord has uh, brought human nature into into his kingdom so that's the, that's the great difference there i think and uh it's it's a mystery that uh, we ought celebrate greatly. So that's one point. Uh, the, the second point, I would just refer to our Lord's comment um, about they that, that see our Lord, see the Father. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. You know, Jesus is presenting himself as the mediator here. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus is, is the mediator between earth and heaven. He, he leads people to God and heaven. Now, I think if you look across the, the Christian world, you know, especially in Europe, especially in those countries where uh, Christianity is, is, has been with us for many generations and many centuries, you know, I think there's, there's, there is lots of belief in God obviously, in those lands where there is Christianity. But I think, you know, the, the belief in God gets quite vague when one doesn't have a, 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 an active, a lively relationship with Christ. You know, to have a strong relationship with God, one does need to have a lively relationship with Christ, a daily heart-to-heart -heart relationship with Christ, uh, that Christ is the, the gateway to God. We don't really have uh, knowledge of God, true friendship with God, unless we have a relationship with the person of Christ, because he, he presented God to us. He was the face of God. He gave us um, you know, good and true knowledge of God by, by coming on earth, walking among us, um, giving us himself in 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 word and sacrament. So all around Europe, you know, you do meet people, you know, even even some church-going people, and they they have this belief in God, but it's and it's good that they have a belief in God, but it's a little bit on the vague side. You know, it's almost like God is up there. He, he is he's almost remote, a remote figure, and if pressed the person will say, Yes, I believe in God, 
But as Christians, really, that's not the key to Christianity. The key to Christianity is not just belief in God, it's mere belief in God. Because other religions believe in God also. The key to Christianity is the Christ event, to, to travel, to journey to God through Christ, through relationship with Christ. So we let him bring us to the Father. And that's, that, that's the key to our faith. And you would love for many, many more of the baptized just to, to have that more in their mind. It's not just about believing in God and being a good person. That's all well and good. That's fine. But, you know, you must have a lively relationship with Christ, um, a day-to-day, a minute-to-minute relationship with him. You know, we think of all the lovely letters of St. Paul. Christ is alive in me. It's no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. You know, that's, that's the centrality of our faith, to, uh, to, 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 to feel uh, the closeness of Christ in our lives and he, and he taking us to God. Very much indeed, Father Raymond. Shane, Shane, have you got a thought or two? Yes, John. Um, it, I just, as, as, as Father Raymond said, as we, we're, we're moving through the Easter season, and it's, it's where, as you said, it's the, it's the, it's the fifth Sunday of, of Easter that's presented to us this week. And we are encountering, again, the, the Gospel of John. And as we said on the program many times, John's Gospel is definitely one which you need to sit with and you need to reflect with slowly. Um, you know, if you look at the Gospel of Mark, it's almost like um, an action-packed thriller. Jesus hits the ground running, and it's 16 chapters later, it's all over. You know, because, of course, by tradition, Mark is one of the, is the earliest gospel, or is, by tradition is one of the earliest gospels, of which the others then draw on when they were written. But John's gospel is quite different in that regard. It's a bit more reflective. Um, it's been described as philosophical, which, of course, can be off-putting, but don't be off-put by it. And as Father Eamon said, this Sunday's Gospel, Jesus is very much comforting and consoling the apostles at the Last Supper, and he's preparing them for what's to come after his resurrection. And it's, 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 it's something, I suppose, which I think, actually, this Sunday's Gospel is very time-appropriate. Like that very first line, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. When I was reflecting on this, I actually didn't get much further than that actual line. Because I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, we're going out on a Sunday morning or Sunday night, whichever the case would be. We have people listening, particularly elderly people that are in nursing homes or that have been cocooning. And my God, do we feel battered and bruised and wondering where we stand at this moment in time, where the certainties that we had can seem a bit fragile, where, as Father Emmett said in in the second part of the program, where we're trying to cling on to our traditional prayers like the rosary, or we're we're re-encountering the rosary, our prayers like that, trying to kind of keep ourselves centered in a way in our lives in our prayers in our faith and in this for this week this sunday's gospel is presented to us do not let your hearts be troubled um you know trust in me and i'm i was like i needed to hear that this week i have to say john um you know and you know particularly particularly given that you know it we've a few more weeks to go and and trying to understand everything that's going on 
And I think for people this week, it's it's you know that that's a beautiful um, one of the beautiful things about this Sunday's gospel. Like, and the, this this particular gospel, there's a lot of quotes in this. This is the final discourse, and um, there's a lot of quotes in here that people will be very familiar with. That you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the other one. Or there are many rooms in my Father's house. You know, these are quotes that have been are in almost common parlance. And because they're so frequently used, or we hear them so often, maybe they become too too um, too familiar to us, you know, in many ways. And as and as as, as Father Raymond said there, you know, it's the great thing about the promise that's in this gospel and that particular line about rooms in the, my our, my father's house. First of all, it's so personal. It's a reminder to us that Jesus is at, you know, he puts himself at the same level as his father, because, of course, we profess belief in the Trinity. But, of course, the other side of it is, as Father Raymond says, there's that great event of the Ascension where Christ has returned to his father. And while the Incarnation is the great event of God becoming man, the Ascension is the is the reverse of that, where God ascends back up. The humanity of God ascends back up to heaven. And I suppose it's a reminder to us, more than anything else, going back to that line in the gospel or in the in the in the opening book of the of the Old Testament in Genesis, that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And sometimes perhaps we have difficulty seeing that. Um, you know, and that we are called to recognize the divine, the spark of divinity, the spark of life that's in each one of us, and the fact that we are valued children, of God, and it's it's going back there to 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 what to what Father to what Father Eamon was saying, and just just to 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 to, to link in with it, that beautiful quote, of course, that um, Pope Benedict had in his 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 inaugural homily when he was you know uh, inaugural at, at, at start of his pontificate, and where he reminds us that. You know, each of us is willed, each of us is loved, um, and that each of us is a result of a thought of God. And for me, it was echoing that first line from today's gospel in that, um, you know, do not let your hearts be troubled. And for me, I think, John, for me this week, just reflecting on it, I, you know, I didn't get, I suppose, much further than that. Because for me, I think for many people this Sunday, for many people that will listen to Masses on web streams and on the radio and on the television, I think for many of us, that might be the word that we need to hear. Uh, you know, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing that we will trouble and, and, you know, trust in God and trust in me. You know, do not let your hearts be troubled. But at the same time, of course, you know, as we go down through that gospel, again, we have Thomas asking the awkward questions. As we said a couple of Sundays ago, Thomas, I think, is very much the patron saint of modern mankind in that he asks the scientific question. You know, he's, he's, trying, he's trying to be rational about it. Uh, but he's doing rational, you know, in one sense, in one sense, trying to grasp what Jesus has been saying. And, you know, and as, as Father Eamon said, then, of course, there's this whole dynamic and relationship that Jesus is trying to explain to his apostles about his relationship with God, the Father, and, of course, then what that means for our relationship with Jesus and God the Father. And it's it's one I think we have time at the moment. And what I would say to people this Sunday is this take this gospel this week, right? 
and take it piece by piece, break it up. There's five days in the week, break it into five parts and just to read and reflect on it as part of your lexio this week and to take your time with it as well. But that's the thing, John, we always say on the programme with, with, with John's Gospel, St. John's Gospel. It's, 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 like, um, it's like it's a gospel that you need to approach it like you're, you're, like you're a cow. You know, the cow chews the cud and ruminates and comes back to it again. That's what you need to do. You need to chew the cud of St. John's Gospel. You need to, to think about it, to ruminate it, to savour the flavours of it. That is, and what, what is it saying to you where you are this Sunday? in the home that you have, in the domestic church that you have, in the place that you are in, what is John's Gospel saying to you this week? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. Thank you for sharing that with us, Shane. Just my own little thought there just before we finish off the programme. Um, the line that struck me, Shane, and Father Amen is, I am the way, the truth and the life. And due to these times we're, we're living through, the times of uncertainty and unanswered questions regarding the coronavirus illness, a lot of people are looking for a, to find a way to, to try and get some hope. While the access to local churches are, is not an option, people are linking in online, looking for God. For me this week, the words from the Gospel, I am the way, the truth and the life, uh, really stood out for me as an answer to to a lot of those unanswered questions, believe it or not. Because Jesus said, as I said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know how my life would be affected by the virus in the future, but I do know that I need to accept more and more the words of Jesus this morning. That He is the way, He's the truth, and He's my life. To help me, I was drawn to a few words actually Shane shared with us at the start of the program at the start of this segment this segment this morning the prayer that we always pray each week before reading and reflecting on the gospel and what Shane shared with us was send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity our lives may be transformed by it so this week maybe we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us to accept more and more this beautiful statement that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and be transformed by it uh, and take it with our lives from now maybe to the rest of the week but maybe as Shane said might be a good idea, we do have time these days and Father Eamon also we, we do have time time these days to sit, to sit a bit more in quiet maybe just ask the Holy Spirit to show us a word, show us a phrase that we can Keep that faith and keep that hope. And of course, just to finish off the programme, there's another way we can also do it, which was the topic of the programme in part two of the programme, which is to intercede and have, as Father Eamon said, have that relationship with Our Lady. She's the mother of us all. She's the mother of Jesus. She cares for us. We have a beautiful tradition, as we mentioned in part two, Father Amy did in regard to the rosary, saying the rosary, we just remind listeners again, the rosary is broadcast every day here in West Lamic 102, as a special sacred space um, presentation. Just after the 1pm news from Monday to Friday, we have the rosary with Father Kevin Scanlon and Dana. But for now, that about brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks again, Father Eamon, for, for sharing your thoughts with us this morning. Thanks, John. Lovely to, to talk to you and, and Shane uh, today. And again, Thank Shane. 
again, Shane, thanks a lot, Shane, for for sharing with us this morning. And no problem, John. A pleasure as always. We'll go out with a final piece of music. This one that people are asking me last week, why didn't I play it? But we didn't have any time for it. But now we can play it this week. It's that one by that man himself, Andre Bocelli, and this one is entitled Ave Maria. So until next week, please join myself and Shane. Have a good week and um, keep close to Mary this week. It might be something maybe to take with us this week. So until next week from us all. God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.